Stuff I Learned Yesterday, episode number 350, Delivering a Truckload of Rage. Welcome to Stuff I Learned Yesterday. My name is Daryl Darnell. I have now completed three seasons of my X-Files rewatch, and I believe that if you aren't learning, you aren't living. In today's episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I share lessons I learned from an encounter with a truck driver. Well, hello. Happy Monday to you. It is a great day. It's an exciting day. And in case you don't know, tonight, during the Monday Night Football broadcast, we're going to be getting a new trailer for Star Wars The Force Awakens. Yeah, I know. It's exciting, right? And from what I've heard, uh, the entire broadcast is going to be Star Wars themed. So that's, I don't know. I didn't read anything on that. That is actually what somebody told me. But we are getting the new trailer tonight, and I'm really excited about that. And if that's not enough to make you celebrate like a bunch of Ewoks who have just helped overturn the evil plans of the Galactic Empire, here are some Star Wars facts for you, just to get you even more excited. All right. Did you know, and you may know all these, I don't know how Star Wars nerd credit you are, but anyway, hopefully at least some of these might be new to you. In the early drafts of the screenplay, for what would become Star Wars and eventually called A New Hope, right? Yoda was actually named Buffy, which was completely changed in subsequent drafts to the full name Minch Yoda. Yeah. And then just shortened to Yoda. So that was actually one that I did not know. Here's one that I did know. Alec Guinness, who's the actor that played Obi-Wan Kenobi in the original trilogy, thought of the Star Wars films as, quote, fairy tale rubbish. Despite this, he negotiated a deal to earn 2% of the gross box office receipts for the movies he appeared in, thus earning him over $95 million. That's right. He thought they were fairy tale rubbish, but he did believe that they would be successful at the box office. Pretty smart. All right, here's another one. I did know this one. The phrase... Quote, I have a bad feeling about this, end quote, is said in every film. So as you go to the theaters on December 18th of this year to check out The Force Awakens, be sure to listen for I have a bad feeling about this because it is said in every film. And lastly, and this is one I did not know, a young man named David Fincher got his first job on the film as an assistant camera operator. And Fincher would go on, in case you don't know, to direct such classics as Seven, Fight Club, and he's also the executive producer for House of Cards, and he has a ton of other amazing credits to his name. So there you go. Got his start on Star Wars. Well, hopefully by now you are all geeked up and excited for tonight's new trailer and uh, all the stuff that will come with it. And if that gets you excited, maybe the Friday Forum gets you excited, too. It gets me excited. So if you want to participate in the excitement that is the Friday Forum, which is your chance to share the lessons of your life, you can do that by calling 304-837-2278 or head over to goldenspiralmedia.com slash feedback where you have a variety of ways to submit your Friday Forum contribution 
And I would love to hear from you. Whether you have never contributed before or whether you are a regular contributor, you're all welcome and invited to send in a contribution for the Friday Forum. All right. Now, here's what I learned yesterday. As you probably remember, I spent nearly 20 years of my life working for a chain of bookstores. And at the age of 24, I became the youngest person to become a store manager in the history of the company, except for the guy that had started the company. It wasn't an achievement that I had set out to reach, nor was it anything that I ever really thought about. But when it happened, I thought it was pretty cool, and it gave me a satisfying sense of accomplishment. As I look back on that time of my life, I think that I did a lot of things right, and the trust that was placed upon me was given a good return. However, it wasn't all roses or filled with decisions that King Solomon would approve of. I'll be sharing one of my failures with you today, but first, let me give you a little bit of context. My store was located in Wichita Falls, Texas. Each week, we took a manual inventory of the entire store and placed an order to restock our low and out-of-stock items. Those items were delivered the next day via a semi-truck from the corporate office. About once a month, we would get a visit from a different semi-truck that we called a return truck. And the return truck was a truck that was on his way back to the corporate office. And he was assigned to stop by our store on the way back and pick up any merchandise that we needed to send back or return to the corporate office. Because the return truck was also scheduled to make stops at other locations along the way, we never knew what day or time it would arrive. It was our job to stay on top of our inventory and be ready when we got word that the return truck was on its way to our store. We kept a designated pallet in our stockroom so that any time we had something that needed to go back, we could just log it into the computer, put it on the pallet, and simply wrap the pallet with shrink wrap once we heard that the truck was headed our way. The good news was that our return truck almost always originated from Abilene, Texas. Once it departed Abilene, it would call another store in our town and let them know that the truck was headed our way. The truck would stop by the other store in town first and then come to my store last. And since Abilene was two and a half hours away from our town, we usually had about three hours to get any final stuff prepared once we got the call that the truck was headed our way. Well, you can probably guess that I would not have a story to share with you today if things always went according to plan. One day we got the call that the return truck was leaving Abilene and heading our way. I immediately went around to each of my department heads to check and see if they had any last-minute items that needed to be added to our return pallet. As it turned out, we had received a memo earlier in the week that had asked us to return a few items from our children's department. The process for getting the merchandise ready to return was fast and easy. All said, it would take the department head about 30 minutes to pull the items off the shelf prepare the paperwork, get the items logged into the computer, and get them packed onto the pallet. No problem. We had at least two and a half hours, probably more. So imagine my surprise when the truck arrived at our dock about 30 minutes later. I opened up the overhead receiving door and told the driver that we were just about ready. The children's department was on the last step of getting the things ready, and then he only had to put them on the pallet. The total time to finish the work, wrap the pallet, and get it on the truck would be 10 minutes at most. 
The driver was not happy. He instantly got antagonistic. He threatened to leave immediately and not take any of our stuff. And he threatened to call the corporate office and tell them that we weren't ready. I told him that we were ready, but we had a last-minute memo that we were trying to get completed. And I also told him that we were under the impression that he wouldn't be arriving for two more hours. Well, then he accused me of lying. He said that he had called a few hours ago to let us know that he was on his way. Well, let me just explain again what I mentioned earlier. And that is that we never received notifications from the actual drivers when they were heading our way. Instead, the drivers would call the other store in town since that was their next stop. And it was then up to the other store to call us and let us know. Well, as it turned out, the other store had failed to tell me that the driver had called them a few hours before they actually remembered to call me. Yeah, I know, right? That would have been really helpful information to have known. Anyway, back to the story. I was immediately frustrated by his belligerent attitude and his threats. I thought he was completely out of line. I told him to go ahead and call the corporate office. And so he did. And he came back a few minutes later with a scowl on his face. His supervisor had told him to wait for us to finish and take our stuff like he was supposed to. Needless to say, that was not the answer he was hoping his supervisor would give. And he was sure to let me know that he would not wait for us if this happened again. And then it happened. He said something to the effect of, If I was in charge of this place, I'd be more organized and I'd have things ready to go when I was supposed to. And I thought to myself, oh, no, you didn't. I looked him in the eye and said, oh, yeah? Well, i tell you what. Managing this store is a whole lot harder than driving a stupid truck. (sighs) What happened next is one of those moments that you either remember in fine detail as it goes by in slow motion, or it's one of those moments that becomes an emotional rage-infused, out-of-body experience that renders you with only blurred memories of the aftermath. For me, it's a blurred memory. I can't tell you what he said next, or what I said for that matter. All I can tell you is that both of us began yelling and insulting the other person. He made another call to the corporate office, and I did all I could to get that pallet ready ASAP. Unfortunately. The ugliness was not over. Our dock was at an odd height. If we were loading or unloading a container truck, the height matched up pretty well. However, if we were loading or unloading into a standard semi-trailer, it caused a very steep angle as the trailer met the dock. Pallets had a tendency to tip over due to the steep incline, and it took two people to do the job right. Well, unfortunately, on this day, his other stops had nearly filled up the trailer. There was only enough space for one pallet, and there was no room for an extra person to guide the pallet to make sure it didn't tip over. Probably due more to my anger than the steep incline, as I loaded the pallet onto the truck, it tipped. Merchandise spilled everywhere. At that point, my frustration reached its snapping point. I looked at the driver barked something out about, well, since he was in such a hurry to get back that he could just deal with the mess himself. I pulled the pallet jack and the dock plate back into the store, and I shut the door. Yeah. Here's what I learned. I've thought about this story a lot since it happened. 
Each time I think about it or tell someone about it, I'm filled with shame. I'm embarrassed that I lost control of my emotions. I'm embarrassed that I set such a poor example for my employees to follow. I'm embarrassed that I left a mess in the back of his truck. However, what embarrasses me most is that I belittled his job as something lesser than mine and implied that he was a lesser person for having that job instead of mine. Honestly, that's not at all how I felt or feel about his profession. I had met dozens of truck drivers in my career up to that point, and I had a lot of respect for them. And I had good relationships with a lot of them. In fact, I had a really great relationship with the driver that delivered our orders most weeks. So why did I react that way? Well, I allowed emotion to take over. Emotion is almost always a terrible guide. If we allow ourselves to be led by emotions, we don't see clearly. We need emotions, but we can't allow them to control us that way. When I allowed myself to be controlled by my emotions, I fell into a vulnerable position. And when he insulted my abilities to perform my job, my first reaction was to belittle his job. Honestly, I don't know why he showed up in such a bad mood that day. But that's life. Sometimes we are blindsided by the circumstances and battles of someone else's life. And those circumstances and battles will cross over into our lives in unexpected and unforeseen ways. When that happens, we can't allow ourselves to get caught up in it. As I look back on it now, I can think of a dozen different things I could have said that could have diffused the situation or at least have kept it from escalating. But I didn't do that. Now, as a 39-year-old, I'd like to think that if I was put into that exact same situation today, even without the experience from 15 years ago, that I'd handle it in a way that I would be proud of. But that's not the way life works. Instead, the best we can do is to do our best to prepare for the situations around us, learn from others, seek wisdom from books, mentors, and friends, remain humble, and acknowledge it when we mess up. Even through all of that, sometimes we're still going to have to learn the hard way. When we do, we have to pick ourselves back up, learn from the mistakes, recommit ourselves to doing the best we can and then be grateful that we have a chance to get it right the next time. I'm Daryl Darnell and this has been Stuff I Learned Yesterday. Follow Golden Spiral Media on Twitter at GSM Podcasts and Facebook.com slash Golden Spiral Media. Join the Stuff I Learned Yesterday Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Stuff I Learned Yesterday. To subscribe to Stuff I Learned Yesterday, visit goldenspiralmedia.com slash subscribe. And if you've enjoyed this episode of Stuff I Learned Yesterday, I would be grateful if you'd leave a review in iTunes by going to goldenspiralmedia.com slash iTunes.